Uh, you're watching or listening to the Hair Dudes Conversations podcast, episode 20. And in the house tonight, we've got five dudes. We've got Paul Stafford, we've got Mark McCauley, Duncan Kenna, Keith Owen, and myself, Greg Clark. And in tonight's episode, I asked the dudes, who would play you in the movie of your life? Also, we discussed the EPL and the surprising week that was and how it went and the ups and downs of it, especially if you thought your team was gonna win comfortably. Also, I ask, what is this gonna be? A winter of discontent or a winter wonderland? So we have the view from our, our guys in the UK and us guys in Southern Ireland. So sit back and spend some time with the hair dudes. Good evening, everybody out there, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Hair Dudes Conversations. Who would have thought that we would have got to 20 episodes? I can't wait till we get to the 200 episodes. Well, hopefully we'll all be around by then. <laughs> but tonight, I've got five dudes in the house. Our hammer is gone to hopefully not see his hammers being hammered by vomit because uh, that strange things can happen, can't they, Mark? Let me get into the EPL. But tonight we're going to talk a little topic that I thought we've got great characters here and Sean isn't here, but we might we might all pick the character we feel what would best play him. But I asked the guys earlier in the story of your life, who do you who would you like to play you? And then we'll give everybody a minute or two to have a think about that and who they would like to play them at maybe at early stages of their life, because you might have a couple of people. Uh, and then we might ask it if we have time, who do we think should play you? Because I have a few, I have a few people here. So who'd like to kick off, or will I start off? Go ahead, Greg. Go okay. ahead. I got to keep it very simple. The three Gleason actors, any of the three could play me at different stages because they're all ginger, and there was a ginger at one stage. So I could take <laughs> the Gleason young lads could play me as a young flu. I've seen one of them play a middle-aged man, and he's younger, and the dad could play me where I am now. He's got a bit of hair and I have a bit of hair. He just had to get a cut because he's with, you know, uh, Mr. Farrell at the moment. So I think any of the Gleasons would probably do a good turn of me because they do yeah, the accent so. well and I think they would cover me fairly. I would be happy enough with what they would turn out. So yeah. there you go. That's me. Who's next? Well, I'll, just, I'll take that then. Just before I come in, I forgot that we were going to ask that question. And I said to Arlene real quick, I said, who would play me? And she says, well, who... Why are you laughing at, Greg? Will you wait till I tell you the story? <laughs> so, I says, so, so I says, I said to her, who, who, who do you think will, will play me? She says, who do you want to play? I says, I don't know. I can't think of anyone. She says, I think anyone could play you, Duncan, she says, because all you have to do is act the tick. <laughs> so, so that, that's what she said. I actually think if I was going to pick someone, it would have to be Al Pacino. Ooh-ah! <laughs> more like Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci, yeah. Joe Pesci would be good. You'd be a bit taller than Joe Pesci, though, Duncan. That's the yeah. other thing. Well, just a, just a bite taller than Joe Pesci. You'd have to get a, <laughs> we'd probably get Robert Downs to dig him up a pair of Cuban heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, right, so who's next? Go on, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go next. Go ahead. Um, I, I was listening to Yanu Reeves talking about his perfect day the other day, and he's it was basically, and I, I just think, I think it's quite cool anyway. I don't think he's a great actor, but um, his perfect day was riding a motorcycle, having sex, reading a book, riding a motorcycle, meeting some friends. It just sounded like a really good day. Um, so yeah, Keanu Reeves, why not? I mean, he's, he's been bald occasionally. I've had my hair long, 
somewhere down the line. So we'll go with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, oh, but, hold on, Keith. You're not playing him. He's no, playing no. you. He's playing he, me. He, he wouldn't <laughs> be getting the Harley out and bringing the Umpa down to the A&E. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a wind-up. <laughs> okay, Mark or Paul, who's next? Uh, what do you reckon, Paul? <laughs> I reckon you, Mark. I, I'm dying to hear who you... Who, who you oh, well, listen, it's it, it possibly only really one or two. Uh, probably Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It's going to be a toss-up between himself and Mickey Wark. Both of them dysfunctional. Both of them having their demons. Both of them completely off the reservation. So I, I don't really... I, I think it would be either or, to be quite honest. Oh, they're, Mickey Rock. They're equally as mad as each other. Yeah. Uh, so are you talking I, about Mickey Rock? You say Mickey Rock because he's had plastic surgery as well as Mark. And both <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I suppose if I had to choose between the two, I, I'd stick with Nicholas. I, 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 I never, yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah, actually, now you say it, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I think we'll stick with Nick, actually. Oh, well, do you know, funnily enough, it's one of those kind of weird things that you do get asked occasionally, and of course, you never really think about it, but because you give us a little bit of time, I thought. So I, rather than actually, because I can see, I can see how Mark would pick um, uh, Nicholas Cage, not just because of the sort of the madness, but also there's a similarity in looks there, and that's and I can see how that would work. Um, um, and Mickey Rourke, I can see, I can see that. Um, Al Pacino, no, nah, Duncan, I don't see that, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to Joe Pesci now, by the way, Paul. All right, okay. Duncan Pesci. <laughs> Duncan Pesci. Uh, yeah. Uh, Keith, Keith is obviously on fucking drugs, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, Greg, you've just taken the easiest option. Do I probably would have went with Colin Tobin for you or something like that, rather than the Gleason? <laughs> Any... For me, the, the choice was, you know, who actually do I think I'm like? And of all the actors that I think, not in looks, but Edward Norton was the one I thought who is the closest in terms of personality yeah. and mm. that anal attention to detail, obsessively, yeah. even annoyingly, you know, kind of characteristically difficult to work with. I don't think I'm particularly difficult to work with, but if you didn't know me, you would find me hard. Mm. Um, but the the person who I really struggled with because I really like his style of acting was Steve Buscemi from obviously Boardwalk Empire and Reservoir Dogs. Oh and yeah, because yeah, yeah. I just kind of like his style of acting. I think you know that unhinged could be violent, could be you know um, kind, could be generous, could be quite sinister. I like that vibe. So, uh, but probably Edward Norton in terms of personality, and I think he he's got mm. that. Similar kind of characteristic. Well, I'll throw the ones I thought of everybody. Okay. So oh, here we go. I put Mark, I put Daniel Day Lewis because he can handle any character. And I thought he's very complex, that Mark. Very good. So you need yeah. somebody that could really get into there and, and, and play him. So I thought Day Lewis would be good. Paul, I put Killian Murphy down for you. I'm okay. thinking about Pinky Blinders, kind of the character. And could, could uh, as, as you know, you have a nice up front, but deep down, there's a darker side to you. Okay. <laughs> I thought he could come out. Okay. Now, Duncan, Anthony Hopkins. 
Excellent. Yeah, I thought that he, he's a Welsh very man. He, he could, he could That's handle, a good one. Yeah, that's a very handle, good. Um, you know, and in his day when he was younger, Hopkins was a handy fella. You know, he was handsome enough, you know. And uh, let's see, Keith, Danny Dyer. Follows Crystal Palace. And then Sean isn't here, but I thought about that and I thought Tom Hardy. Yeah. I would have thought Tom Hardy. That's yeah. very good, Greg. Very yeah, I thought, good. I thought, they were, I thought they were some people up, you know what I mean? Very so good. anybody else got any views on it? Who'd play anybody well, just else? On, just, just on the balls there, I thought that was very good. Um, Primal Fear. You know, oh, the yeah. and the dark side and that kind of thing. Like, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good choice there, you know. Yeah. And I thought my choice from Mark it, it moved me on to Joe Pesci, yeah. Because you think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Girl, your Nobody got the Nero. I'd, 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 if I was a different shade and it's slightly dark and had a mole, I would have said I'd love the Nero to play me because the Nero is my favourite actor of all time until he started trying to do bad comedies. And then I yeah. went, oh, you've really let me down. You had all these classic characters. And now you've been father. What was it? They, they won the Meet the Fuckers, yeah. which was a great movie to force. It was good in that, I thought. I thought when time it got to three and four, it was a bit, Jesus, come on, man. Uh, you don't listen, he did one called Dirty Grandfa Grandpa, and it, he was absolutely brilliant. He was brilliant in that. He was brilliant in that. You know? What was that called again? What was that called again? Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, it's called. Just, just as a matter of interest, guys, particularly the uh, the music fans here, has anybody ever watched the, the, the box set vinyl? I watched the first couple of episodes on my dodgy box. Okay. And and then, oh, look, are you... There you go. Right, okay, cool. no problem. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I loved it. He loves being on the telly, doesn't he, Mark? He loves me on the telly. Uh, and then I've just discovered I've got a new dodgy box, and I shouldn't really be saying this, uh, but but anyway, it's on that, so I'm actually going to go back and start watching it again. Because I, 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 I just tell you a quick thing. I was in the salon on Saturday, right, and Darren's walking away in the client, and next minute, she just comes out. Oh, I heard what he said, but then I heard her. I don't have a dodgy box. <laughs> and I just thought that, and I came back, and I just knew the client, a cop to it was, I went back and I said, you could really pick up on that conversation. You'd really want to make sure you're clear where people are coming from. And she went, oh, God, I never thought that. <laughs> like everybody in the salon. And she goes, I don't have a dodgy box. <laughs> you definitely have started. If you, if you get the chance, guys, uh, you've got Final. some time. It is yeah. such, it is, it, it is, it's Martin Scorsese was involved. Yeah. And Mick Jagger produced it. Um. So, I mean, it's purely fictional with little elements of, I mean, for example, things like um, uh, the Mercer Arts Society, when that fell down, of course, in this, the building fell down. It really did fall down. But in this, it fell down when the New York Dolls are playing. That didn't happen. The New York Dolls are still alive, most of them anyway. Um, but there are things, there are just great musical, um, historical content and a great story. And it's just, it's absolute um, escapism. If you like music, and you like a bit of escapism, and you want something just to sort of pass the time that's going that you're going to enjoy and not have to freaking get too invested in. It's perfect. Yeah, and, and funny you should say that about music. I was watching MSNBC last Monday, and they had Cameron Crowe on, okay. and it's a 20th anniversary of Almost Famous. Oh my God! And 
and he's actually now bringing it to the stage in uh, on Broadway. So uh, and he showed bits of it and he interviewed him and, and all the rest. But I would, but I have to say, still up there is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's great, great film. Yeah, great. Um, and, so he, well, if he's bringing it to the stage, I'll probably be go. Because you know me, I'll go to anything. Craig, <laughs> <laughs> you'd go if you brought it to your toilet. <laughs> I know. I know to see. I got to see Jersey Boys. Right, go on. Go on, give it to me. Jersey no, Boys no. is great. Very good, lad. Jersey Boys is great. Very interestingly, you know who was originally one of the Jersey Boys? Joe Pesky. He was originally oh, in, in, the, in the... Was he? Yep. He was one of the original... Um, Band members um, of uh, what did you call the band? The the the, the backing band. Um, anyway, he's Frankie in the, Valley. The, the, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Four Seasons. Four Seasons. Yeah, he was one of the Four Seasons. Which season was he? Winter. He was autumn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on to an exciting week where I actually had a brilliant week in air pools the week before, and I was glowing. And I actually had the worst week ever this week. I predicted one result. Unless I get tonight's where I predicted, predicted the Hammers to win, I got one result right. It was just a crazy weekend of football. I just couldn't see where the results were coming. I definitely seen you getting at least seven, Mark. Other than I didn't realise that you only had two strikers. You know what I mean? That L5. So I was a bit surprised there, but you, you did give away the lad that scored against you in any way, which was lovely, sweet justice for him. Oh, absolutely. And 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 basically young Nico Williams as well, who had a great match, and um, which I, I couldn't understand why we let him go, why we let Origi go, why we let uh, Shakiri go. I, I just couldn't understand. They weren't exactly costing us that much. And we were always going to have a run of basically injuries, which we're at again. And, uh, you know, Oxley chamberlain you know, in his day was great, but we should never have kept him on the books. He's constantly injured. He's constantly injured. I think he's played, I think he's played no more than two or three consecutive games since he's been with us. I mean, it's, it, he's just been on the table for injuries constantly. Um, so I think I think, but to hear again, I I like young Carvalho. So giving him a run out on Saturday was great. Our problem is the midfield. The the simple fact of the matter is we had we had uh, a good defence when we played against Man City. He should have gone with the same defence again. Yes, Thiago wasn't fit, but we could have easily done with Milner at the back and and tighten up the whole back end. I mean, it was why, why was why was Fabinho getting such a lash off Liverpool fans? He's getting such a lash because his his for whatever has happened to him since he was his, since his injury, his speed and his tracking back is gone. He doesn't track back at all. The two people who give away the most goals for Liverpool himself, Trent Alexander, uh, and and usually because they're not tracking or else they're in the wrong positions. So there's fundamentally something wrong with the two of them. Yeah. It's only lately, Mark, with um, with uh, Trent, uh, Trent, that young lad. It's only lately. No, because I'll, t- I'll tell you what's actually happened. And, I, and if I was any other manager, it'd be exactly the same. Every manager has now discovered 
that he basically is out of position so much. So what you do is you get your defence to take the midfield completely out of play and you lob over him and he can't get back into the right-back position and they're hitting the right-back and they're usually hitting it with one or two players and it basically leaves the defence exposed. So by the time he gets back, he's out of position. Is Is that not something the manager should... like? If we if we can see, well then surely the manager can see. Well, the, the manager knows that because he he was always the first one on the on the sheet, uh, in the early days, and he used to run up the field and he used to take the corners and he did all that, and then they filled in for him at the back. Maybe the backs wasn't weren't good enough now. I you know. think the only way they're going to get over this problem is either move them to midfield or else have three centre backs: Kanate, Gomez, and Van Dijk, and basically let himself. And Robbie, Robbo, sit in yeah. front of the back three and let them piss up and down the pitch. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's the only way, or else move them to midfield. But it's I, I can't see any other solution because if he's continually left at, at right back, managers are just going to go knock the ball over his head into the right back position and 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 get the ball into the box. Before we go to the other two guys' game, okay, I'm going to cross a little bit over here because it's. It's like one step forward, one step back. Not I won't say two steps back with Liverpool, but you just have a big game. Paul, Leeds coming up this weekend. <laughs> Based on yesterday's performance, how do you think they'll go against Liverpool? They probably are going to raise their game against Liverpool. There's no doubt about it. I think that, you know, if you get Leeds against Chelsea, against, you know, their best teams, and there's no doubt that they have pride to play for. Marsh has to go. Which is simple has to go, Paul. He has to go. Um, and you know, um, but that but that Leeds team's not good enough for the Premiership. And you know, they're not in. They're not third from bottom through bad through bad luck. They're th- they're third from bottom because those players who are essentially the spine of the Championship team are not good enough for the Premiership. We've been said it for two or three seasons. The quality that Marsh has brought in is also not good enough. They're guys who've played in, you know, um, you know Switzerland and the, the smaller European countries and. You know, probably have potential, but the Premiership is just such a step up, and Leeds have not actually acclimatized to the level. And you know, the the the, the also there's this belief that Marsh kept them up. Marsh didn't keep them up. They had really good luck towards the end of the season, and Rafinha scored enough goals um, earlier on to get them points where they shouldn't have got points. So for me, it's <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they got a draw. Um, uh, against Liverpool, um, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool freaking do them for six 0 seven 0 because... What do you feel, Mark? Do you feel there's a draw in there? Who's that? Who's that no, no I, 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 do you know what? I have absolutely no idea, and and I really mean this. I I I I, I basically I'm completely and utterly baffled, mm. baffled by the results this season. I'm baffled by that game. I'm baffled that. That Van Dyke had three heading opportunities last weekend, and he basically passed on two of them. In other words, passed them across the box rather than actually hitting the target. And the other one, he headed straight at the goalkeeper. So, whether there's negativity in his head or whether, you know, I think personally, there's a little bit of complacency going through the team. I think there's complacency going through the team. I think that they got to a certain standard. Last year, where they were playing in four, they were challenging for four different things at the one time, and I think they've got it into their head 
that they are, you know, uh, much better than what they are. Remember, we, we lost to, to a very old Real Madrid team, a, a team that really they should never have lost to in that final. I mean, it, it's, a, it, it's irrelevant uh, to, to think about the injuries or whatever, but we had a full team. We had a full team going on that pitch for the, for the Champions League final. Um, and, and to basically only get two trophies last season with two penalty shootouts is kind of quite staggering to believe that they got so far and, and the only trophies that they won were basically in penalty shootouts. There's something seriously mentally wrong. Definitely. Well, well you, okay. can I say go on, go ahead. real quick, uh, just on, on what Marcus said, I actually hope that, it's wrong to say this, but I actually hope that Liverpool beat Leeds and I hope they give them a, a chance and, well, for one reason only. I, I love Leeds. I really like Leeds. Said, but yeah, that fella it's, has it's, to go. That fella I, has I, to go, Greg. The thing He's is, just... Duncan, I, I know why you're saying it because Leeds fans are saying it. The best thing that could happen this Saturday night would be for Liverpool to do what they did last season. Like, the only difference was when Liverpool did it last season and the season before, Leeds give them a game. Leeds are not capable of giving giving them a game on 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 their current form, uh, the form against Leicester and the form against Palace, where they. Mm-hmm. You know where they, or even the the form against even when Leicester or Brent, Brentford beat us five two, Leeds were the better team. That they were all refereeing errors, errors. But based on what happened on Sunday, that team gave up against Leicester. They gave up against uh, on Sunday. They gave up, but they could actually they could actually put on a performance against Liverpool, which would which would um which would be deceiving. Because now, where, where I would see that. where I would see Leeds benefiting is these have a tough game on Wednesday, Mark, against Ajax. Yeah, away. away. You know what I mean? That's a tough game, and you've a depleted squad. You pick up an injury there to Salah or, or Firmino. Jesus, you're, you're really struggling there. You know what I mean? And and that Saturday late night kickoff and the Saturday is alien to footballers in there because they are like racehorses now. They're programmed to play in a certain range and this year now I just feel with the World Cup coming up the whole league is open there and um, I did say at the beginning we could end up I don't mean Leicester winning but there could be something that you could see a surprise team jump out of nowhere and have a run and get in there especially <laughs> I don't, I don't think so Greg I think, I think it's going to be City City are going to City win all the way because Haaland isn't going to the World Cup <laughs> well, well the only thing I would and say they've a massive squad they've a massive squad the only thing I would say is, uh, I think with the break, it's, it's you know, you cannot predict before this World Cup break. Mm-hmm. Liverpool are 10 points behind Man City. At, at, at the 1st of January last year, Liverpool were 11 points behind Man City. Mm-hmm. And they basically lost the league to them by one point. So I think this break is going to basically change a lot of things. And I think the second half of the year, which is going to be a more congested second half to the year, is 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 we're, it's going to throw up a lot of strange results. The, the Southampton Arsenal game yesterday, I only saw probably most of the first half of that. But Arsenal should have been should have been up about four or five nil. Yeah, he wasn't happy, Arteta. It's all about that. four or five nil. But yet in the second half, they should have actually been down. By about two or three goals. Yeah. Hey, young man. 
This is a fella that's a Man United fan because his dad's... Oh, look at that fella going on his holidays tomorrow. He's a Liverpool fan. He's coming away no, with me on holidays tomorrow. They don't know there you go. Right, you get ready for bed. We need to get back to work. Go on. Enjoy your holidays. I'm going to bed now. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, right. Let's, let's go on to the other two guys here. Okay. That oh. Keith would have loved a draw as usual. I would have loved oh, it. Duncan, Duncan probably would have took a draw. Yeah. And I'd say that bottle of red wine was probably opened a bit early. <laughs> because <laughs> you couldn't believe the results. Oh no, that was Friday. You must have got a you must have predicted it the day before. You must have got a bit of a, a wave and said, Jeez, I think we're gonna win. Because on Friday night you were calling for Lampard's head. But Saturday you didn't come on and tell us you wanted his head. <laughs> was I, did I yeah. say that? On Friday when you that. had the wine on you. You were looking for, for Lampard's head. Yeah, you did. Really? And then Saturday, not sure. a pip out of you. Nothing at all. And come in, I tell you, come in, I tell you, um, uh, I had him down for a draw, Greg, I think. Everton and Palace. I don't, I, I tend not to back against Palace. No, we're at home, they're away, but it, I don't know. <laughs> I thought we was going to get a win after our sort of... Talk amongst yourselves for a second. I thought we might have got a win with that. Um, like when Palace... This will only be about another 20 minutes, okay? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's like Mark saying about his results in Liverpool. It's like, it's, it's, it's like Palace all the time. It's If you get a result, you're really happy. You're, you're, you're glad that they've got it. But it's so unpredictable. Yeah, that's mm. why I like supporting them, because you, you just don't but, know from one week to the other. Sorry, yeah. sorry for interrupting. But Duncan, do you, do you at this stage still think Lampard's the man for you guys? Um, do I think he is? I, I'd like to think he is because I like, I think he puts his heart and soul into it now. I think he does. You know, a lot of them probably don't like him, but I like to keep a manager for a while. I don't like to see them getting sacked so early on. And, you know, can I just interrupt you there? We yeah. had, we had a gardener once and he put his heart and soul into our garden, but it was shite. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get rid of him. He kept fucking ruining the lawn, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he cut the trees down in the garden. Well, let's let's have a look. Well, we'll have a look at what the performance that Villa put in. Can I say something real quick, Greg? Before you do, I'm going to show you a piece of my garden sometime. It's a gardener. He comes in every so often, and he made such a fucking mess of it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he cut the thing. Ah, look, I'll show you sometime. Oh, what, about, what about that result yesterday with Villa? Unbelievable. I mean, I have to say, you Stevie G would have to be sitting at home now just going, yeah. what is happening? I Nobody saw that happening. I I, had, I, I thought they were going to get thumped. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, to come up with, what was it, 4-0 in the end? 4-0 yeah, in the end. Seemingly, they, they didn't. Stevie G put McGinn in as the captain. Yeah, uh, they took and, him out. They dropped him yesterday. They dropped him yesterday. So obviously there was a, a rift there between there was a click and maybe Stevie G's lesson to learn is you just don't let clicks develop. You know, mm. look at poor Owl Ali cost him his job, you know what I mean? Well, it probably wasn't just that, but you know, I'll I'll talk a little bit about air performance. You couldn't wait, sure you couldn't. No. Because <laughs> I looked at the, I there. looked at the next few all we have we've taken it. Other, other than getting destroyed by City. Other than getting destroyed by City when we lost 3-0, 6-3, 3-0, we got three goals against them. And 
I did say at the beginning, I'd be happy as long as we're in the game against the big clubs coming towards the end of the match. And he's doing that. And he's finding a bit of form there and he's getting a bit of aggression out of the team that we haven't had in a long time. And I thought he handled the Ronaldo situation where the media tried to make a massive issue out of that against Spurs. And I just thought, no, the man handled it really, really well. Really well. And I, mm. I'm I'm hoping because our next six matches, the hardest team... Ah, Mark, I didn't mean you to go now. <laughs> the hardest team... We, the, our next game is against West Ham. And after that, then, it's all teams in the lower end of the, the league, which I hope we can they can get their finishing boots on. Because a bit like the Arsenal there against Southampton, our game in, against Newcastle, that should have been over. And Spurs should have been over by halftime. But they just don't seem to be able to finish. But I think we're a better team without Ronaldo in it. And that's just a fact. And he has to defend. Yeah, see Gary, did you see Gary Neville, Roy Kane and Jimmy yeah. Floyd Hasselbank after? Yeah. It was priceless. You should try and get and Neville, back. Neville was right. He was right. Neville was bang on. And Jimmy yeah. Floyd Hasselbank just sat there going, he's right, right. And you could just see the flames coming out Roy Kane. <laughs> nobody was agreeing. And, and for once, you were wrong, Roy. You were out bang out water. You were wrong. You were just picking yeah. up with your mate, you know? But at the end of the day, it was a stupid decision to bring him back to the club in the first place. Yeah. I mean, the guy was 36. And basically, you know, how else did you think it was going to end? Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah, like, it was going to end in tears, definitely. It was, it was a bit like Roy Keane when he, when he ended up going to Celtic. Celtic he yeah. had all this time. Because, you know what, he was at the end of his career. It was, probably wasn't a great move. So on and so forth. I mean, they're going to... Have they let him go on a free transfer? Who? Ronaldo? Yeah. No, it's, he's still still there. Well, they should he's going to fight for his place. They should, they should let him go on a free transfer. They should let him go on a free transfer. Let him, let him go off and... Yeah, but it's... it, Mark, it's the... Look, the manager has one opinion, and I think he's very diplomatic about how he's dealing with it. He's probably saying to the Glazers, fine, if you want him there, he's there, but he's not getting, he's not getting, he'll play when I feel he's, I need him to play. But other than that, he's not playing. He's a 37 year old. That's, he's, he's in the position I need him most and that's an impact sub coming on if I need him. The Glazers are thinking jerseys, football jerseys. I was listening to uh, a thing came up there about people coming out of the Chelsea game. Do you think Ronaldo should stay? Do you think Ronaldo should stay? And then an American dude came up and he said, well, I've come over here to see both games to see Ronaldo play. And I haven't got to see him against Spurs. I didn't get to see him against Chelsea. But he said, I do understand. The, yeah, no, the, you can't do that. It's, the, the, there's no player bigger than the club. And I thought, well, fair play to him. You know, he, that's a guy that's spent a lot of Greg, money he's travelled over. Greg, I've always said, I have a great career behind me. And that's what Ronaldo has. And I've got four clients. Right, and that tells the story. Four customers, <laughs> and two of them, and two of them are in the homeless shelter that you do. Two, two of them have black Labradors. <laughs> right. So, taking that aside, let's are we are we done with with the Premier League because it was a bit of a mishmash. And has anybody got any result of that game? So it's not on yet. No. So Sean is sitting in the middle of that stadium now, biting his nails and every other part of him because uh, I'd say it's there. It could be. It could be a very strange game, mm. you know. You, you would expect, you would expect ha the Hammers to win, mm. but you just don't know. You you just don't know. I mean, they are they are basically. I think they have the best scoring average in the season so far in the first 
something like the first half of most games. And and uh, but they, they don't seem to be getting the results at the minute. They're getting a lot of draws. But we just have to wait and see. I you hope think, I actually would be interesting to think that isn't it amazing how Brendan Rogers stock must be going like <laughs> Like he's torn that around there, isn't he? Two two amazing results there at Leicester. Like series, like banging the goals in, you know what I mean? So they're 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 gonna. I think they he get the right frame of mind in those players now, and I can't see them struggling. But well, I don't think Paul. Anything. I think Paul is right. I don't see. I think Leeds will get sucked into that now, and I didn't t- foresee that at the beginning of the season. But I'm seeing they, it. They'll now. go down if they keep that manager. They have a great chance to stay up. They get rid of me soon. The, the the story is that Sean Dyke has been offered a two year deal. Um, and he he's the replacement. And that's disappointing as a Leeds fan because, I mean, it's going to be a bore fest. But he probably will keep Leeds up. I think if they take a risk with an unknown, you know, uh, potential manager, one of these guys who maybe are, are in Europe or somewhere else that you know could be the next club, I think they they're they're in trouble as well. They they're going to have to find somebody who has who has the strength and the ability to be able to sort the defence out and get them scoring goals because the only people we're scoring goals for at the moment are the opposition. Well, you're, you're not getting Ange. I, I know you were looking for him, but uh, yeah. Ange well, is off the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as I said to you, I, I, I thought I was wrong when I when I said that, that Marsh was being paid £5 million a year, and I went back and revised that. He's actually on £3 million a year basic plus... Um, Plus um, bonuses. Now, you won't be getting very many bonuses. No, I was going to say. But 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 it potentially was up to five million, including a huge bonus to keep Leeds up. So you know they they are in the position where they could attract a decent manager. But no, it's not going to be somebody who potentially has a scrap in their hand. They need they need somebody who's going to dig them out of a hole. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're similar to where Palace were when we first came up. There's so many sort of managers that were, we needed somebody just to come in and keep us up for a few seasons just so we could start building up. Mm. Um, you know, we had a few over the years, a bloody uh, Pulis, we had Sam, uh, we had a fair few. Everyone had Sam. Sam yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we had, we had a fair few, didn't we, over the years? And it's just, I think once you got stable, and you, you, I mean, the football you guys were playing at the start was just phenomenal. Yeah, I love watching Leeds. It's just every game we watch. It's it's how you want. Well, it's how I want England to play. It's just go hell for fucking leather. Give it a hundred and ten percent. Well, has and move Ma- it all has, on the pitch? Has Bamford not recovered from his injury properly? No, ba- Bamford. Bamford is missing sitter. I mean, like the the. If you look at the last two games, he had open goals. He was one on ones, um, and he missed penalty. He missed a penalty. Uh, he did have a perfectly good goal, uh, ruled. <sighs> ruled um, out which subsequently has now been kind of accepted that it should have been a goal against Arsenal but he see shot his confidence is shot and he was never really a prolific striker anyway you know he was he blew hot and cold so he, he's not um, I think the sad thing for Leeds is that potentially if the 49ers bought Raziani out we probably would be in a position like Newcastle maybe not as wealthy but certainly there would be plenty of money but he won't sell because he's waiting for the big payday, and that's 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 hinging, that that's that's hemorrhaging Leeds' potential. But uh, I mean, for somebody like Dyke or or Big Sam to come in as a Leeds fan, that would be depressing. Um, but 
I, I think Rogers would be a good. I think Rogers would be a good manager. I, I'd take Rogers. You wouldn't, wouldn't you? You're not going to get Brendan Rogers, Paul. Uh, I think Brendan leave Rogers, Leicester for Leeds. I, I think I think he would leave Leicester because he doesn't have the money. And and I think I, I think Paul's right. I think the the Leicester's owner now that the, the main man is dead, son has absolutely no interest in the club. Mm, no, money on the club, uh, I, and unfortunately, I'm, you have to invest to basically get money back. And he's not willing to do that. So to be quite honest with you, I I think Brendan will be on the move. Yeah, Brendan is definitely on the move. And I'll tell you what will bring him to Leeds. If the 49ers said said to Brendan Rodgers, we're going to give you the same money you're getting at Leicester, which is not big money is from what I heard. It's not huge money. It's certainly mm. more than Marsh. Um, and we're going to give you we're going to give you a purse, which I think they would to the next manager. He'd be going to Leeds in a shot. And also, you know, he knows he could make himself an absolute legend at Leeds because if you look at Bielsa, they were singing Bielsa's name on Sunday when we were three one down. You know because he 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 not only changed the way Leeds play football, he changed the way the that football was played in the UK. Yeah. Well, if you were singing, you, you're uh, getting sacked in the morning as well, but that didn't happen. You, know uh, I mean? you should have never have been sacked, actually, Bielsa. <clears throat> I mean, that was just utter idiotic. The other manager I want to talk about then is Conte at Spurs because they were they were wicked against United. Like as I said to you, you know, against Liverpool, Liverpool could have come into that game where we beat Liverpool, and it, it could have been a draw. We could have lost it against uh, Arsenal. Arsenal could have turned that game around and won it. Spurs never looked like getting anything out of that game. And then at Newcastle, I thought, geez, they're at home. That's a massive stadium, big crowd. And Newcastle didn't look great. And I'll go for a draw. They never looked like they were getting into it. So Conte is saying it's a a project and he hasn't got the squad and he hasn't got the time and the matches, the amount of matches they have to be played and blah, blah, blah. So is he a bit of a bluffer? He's not playing exciting football, so they won't be keeping him for exciting football. So what's happening with sports? Too defensive. Yeah, hmm? it's just too defensive. I mean, they're setting up. Um, oh, bloody, bloody old Chelsea manager! Who was uh, yeah. Mourinho? Yeah. Just setting up really, really defensive. It's just, it's just a. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of hype around him. It's just my opinion on him. I think, you know. I, do you know, Greg? Just on that note, I think the two managers that are going to come out of this season as absolute stars is Eddie Howe and probably Graham Potter. Mm. They, they'll come out of this season as the stars, even if they Eddie don't have anything. Eddie, mm. Howe's been, Eddie Howe was considered to be a <coughs> stopgap manager at Newcastle, and he's turning them into a top 16. And I think I think Potter, who was brilliant at, um, at Brighton, Brighton. I, I think he's going to be a Chelsea legend. And the, Well, he will. But Gareth Southgate will be gone, and they love nothing better than getting an old English manager in, wouldn't they? Yeah. So uh, the temptation there is to, you know, the England job will come up. And no, I never thought of that. They turn it down, huh? I never thought of that. But I mean, yeah, one, one of them will get the job, all right. Line. They would love to get another English manager in after Southgate. And from listening to talks, what it doesn't look like, I Southgate said he's leaving or. Stepping away after the World Cup because they're like writing his obituary already when you listen to it, you know. So moving on to our league football, and we'll head into 
Are we heading into winter wonderland or a winter of discontent? And um, let's have a look at the UK and then we look at Ireland. So will we go with the UK first and will will we go mainland UK or will we go the Irish part of the UK? It's a shit show. I know you lot have got a load of popcorn. That's all I have fucking <laughs> What a, what a <laughs> fucking pile of shit. Uh, they need a general election. I mean, it's just it's just an absolute mess. I mean, I'm so embarrassed. It's I think that's the thing. It's um and like credibility's just gone through the fucking floor. It's yeah, it's just an absolute piss take. I think yeah. Do you know? Do you know what? I'm going to say this here. It all stems back to 2016 to the Brexit vote. Yeah. Uh, Orchestrated by wealth. I don't want that motherfuckers, by the way. I wanted to stay in. <laughs> I know. Organized by wealthy Tories, and they basically hoodwinked all of the population by using the usual mantras immigration, they're, they're taking your jobs. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you want to stir up anything and you want to get people out voting, that's all you have to do. And, and to be quite honest with you, it's it's going to tank the UK. This this Brexit is going to tank the UK. Europe at this moment in time have already, and I've said this before, Germany, France, Italy, they've already found new markets for all their goods. They've found new markets. The Republic of Ireland is now actually exporting 30% more than what we have. Mm. Uh, and, and, and particularly into the North. Mm. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is it, it just is not going to work because the simple fact of the matter is we're all shopkeepers. All of us here are shopkeepers. If if one million people are represented by one, you've got 55 million people in, in the UK. That's 55. You've got 365 million people in Europe. That's 365. Who do you want to do business with? 55 people or 365? Yeah. And that's the simple equation. 55 million or 365 million and the simple fact of the matter is all big economies want to deal with other big economies because the export import is going to be much greater you can't survive and by the way more bad news coming your way the SMP are on the march they will have their independence mm. and it's going to be a problem Oh, what, what was yeah, the, what was the feeling up? What, just want to ask Paul, what was the feeling up, up north and about mistrust stepping down or Mrs. Trust stepping down? Like, what, what's the reaction there? What do people feel up north about it? I think I think since 2016, people in Bel people in Northern Ireland are are so disillusioned because we we want we didn't want Brexit, and yeah. I think and I think on both sides of the community. The, you know, let's take the DUP out of this because they don't represent anybody except themselves. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so but when you look at both sides of the community, um, nobody wanted this. So there is a complete feeling of distrust and apathy towards uh, towards the British government from 2016. And it doesn't matter who the leader is. It won't matter if it's a Labour leader either, by the way, because Northern Ireland has been sold like Scotland down the line. To a point where we don't see any return. There's no benefit to us. There's no benefit to our children. So the, the Brexit thing's a big part to play. The impact that it's having on us um, on an economic level is the same as the UK. It's you know, we're 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 feeling the pain, we're feeling the hurt. 
And of course, you know, we don't know what's coming down the line uh, in terms of the, what what other costs are going to be inflicted upon us to pay back this huge deficit. Um, I think the I think the sooner that we can get some type of government in, into place and storm it, the better. Um, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. And um, no, it's not. Yeah, and the and you know, I think that people in Northern Ireland are very very. They feel like we're in, we feel like we're in limbo. We also feel like that we're we're being used as a tool, but nobody really wants to use the tool for any real gain or for any betterment for the people. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I know that um, 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 James Nesbitt's been getting a lot of flack for his voicing uh, an opinion that the future of Ireland is is going to be best served um, uh, 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 united. And I think you will find that the majority of Northern Irish people are starting to feel the same way. And I think it's only a matter of time before a border poll um, happens and that and the people of Northern Ireland have their say. Now, it's not as simple as that, obviously. But um, but it will be, I would say, pre-2016, to it was touch and go. I think now you might find that there is a huge um, switch to people thinking we are better served as a United Ireland. And and not not just as a united Ireland, but part of Europe. Part Europe. of Europe, exactly. Europe. A, a united part of Europe, mm. um, and I think that's it's it's all going to come down to this eventually. It's all going to come down to economics. It it will come down to the the idea that leaving the the biggest uh, trading block, one of the biggest trading blocks in the world, was a bad idea. And again, the reason for this was. Rich Tories want deregulations on the markets. Mm. Out of the 13 biggest tax havens in the world, seven of them are British colonies. Seven are British colonies. All they want, and by the way, they talk about Richie Sunak and you go out onto the streets and go like, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll vote Liz Trust in because he's a wealthy millionaire. All the Tories are millionaires. Yeah. They're all loaded, and they're all doing this to make more money. Reese Moggs again, by the way, he had in oh, wait, this is brilliant inside information on what the mini budget was going to do. He shorted Sterling again four weeks ago. That's the second time he has shorted Sterling. He shorted Sterling and made millions shorting Sterling because he knew what was going to happen. Because Richie Sunak said, if you do this, you know, there's going to be a run on the banks. There's going to be a run on sterling. So all he did was short sterling and, and made a fortune. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's insider trading. People are jailed for that in America. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, look, Liz Truss, I, I, right from the beginning, I just went, that, she's a rabbit in the headlights. And unfortunately... Yeah. Unfortunately, she's the guinea pig that took up the poison chalice because the real people behind it wouldn't take that up because they don't want to take it. They want to be, they want to orchestrate the puppet masters in the background. And I don't know whether Richie's like to me, if you weren't good enough to be voted in an election against a weak or person, the, the and now all is, of a sudden you're good enough. The thing is, Greg, so, the thing is, and I think Keith may have mentioned it, they need to have a general election. You yeah, know, there needs to be a general. But there's no chance it's going to happen. No. You know, if you if you were asking me how do people in Northern Ireland feel, what essentially about Westminster politics, I would say they don't give a shit because actually all we know is that we that we will have to pay off 
or, or, or subscribe to whatever cost it's going to be. But the reality of it is it doesn't make any difference to us whether there's a Labour prime minister or, or Conservative prime minister, because in Northern Ireland, you know, it's it, we're we're a non-entity from a, a from an economical point of view, and we're a bit of a thorn in the side. So you know, and 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 our own politicians do not have either the character, the the experience, or the strength of personality to stand up. They will they they're self-serving as well. So yeah, absolutely, from me, outrageous. Yeah, for me, for me, and they're taking their and they're not, you know, for me, the reality of it is, you know, um. There was was trust ever going to be a good prime minister? When's the last time Britain has had a good prime minister? Name one. Well, well I'm going to I'm going to jump in there and say uh, Tony Blair up until yeah the invasion. I would have said that as well. Tony Blair up, up, up until the the, the 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 Iraqi war. Yeah. I thought he I thought and, it was the first time I ever looked at a politician. I'm coming. This guy actually is good. And I, I'm actually interested in what he's saying. But, but, but sorry, guys, can I just say, is it not also because of the times? Think about where we all were back then. And he represented something that we could recognize in ourselves, you know, that, that you know, that we were forward thinking, that we we're modernists and, you know, progressive. And, and he seemed to have he seemed to have his finger right on the pulse. But it was so it was so flippant. It was so, you know, um, it happened so quickly. And it didn't last because like Britpop and everything else in the 90s, nothing lasted. It was like the 60s. It was really very just a fashion, a, a, a moment in time. And the reality of it was when he had to play big boys, he really flew his flag out. Mm. You know, I mean, and, and his legacy is not going to be progressive and modernist. His I, legacy honest, I, I actually, when I look at him now, I, I actually, when you look, I look at the face of a man who's carrying the weight of that decision. And he'll take it mm -hmm. to his grave. He he looks older and worn out more than he should do for his age, and that's. And and that's a, a, I would say he has a conscience in there, yeah. and and he, and he does realize. He was a master of more, more than George Bush did. I doubt if George Bush loses any sleep over it. You know what I mean? Tony Tony Blair was a master of sound bites. He was perfect for the nineties. He knew what he knew how to get those little condensed sentences. You know, if you looked at you know Princess Diana's funeral and. You know, uh, when he had Noel Gallagher and, and uh, all the guys, you know, he knew exactly how to play the moment. He was at the very beginning of the politician as personality. Yeah, and he's yeah. brilliant at it. Yeah. And, you, and, and to be honest with you, they've all come in his, in, in, in his uh, template since, except, you know, they've got their different, like look at Boris. Boris is just a buffoon, thinks he's Churchill. Trust thought she was Maggie Thatcher. I don't know who Richie thinks he is. I freaking... But it doesn't matter, you know. It's all about playing the cult of person. Boris, what was what was the like bonkers, Boris? Like, why come all the way back to then not to not take? Did he honestly think on the flight back? I'm the chase. I could be in here again. There wasn't no. But, 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 by, but, but by all accounts, by all accounts, you know there was a he pushed to have trust going forward as PM. He was pushing his loyalists to get her in knowing that probably she was going to collapse in a period of time and he would be able to step back in again. Unfortunate for him, he kind of had that time scale at a year or a year and a half. Unfortunately, it was four weeks. But, you know, I think that's, that's the only reason he was coming back because that was already a plan that he had in his head. 
you know, I listen, guys, I think you are overthinking this far too much because I think trust on a very personal level, I think the minute her career was fucking ruined was whoever gave her that bloody awful haircut. Her, her, her hair was much better before she became prime minister. Mm. She looked glamorous and sexy and she looked like she had something going on. And then somebody said, you know what you need? You need the most boring haircut known to man. Let's do that for you. That's where she lost me. Well, now, I didn't do it, Paul. Let's, exactly. let's, let's, let's chat about... It's one of mine. Air leaders then down here because we can't ask, <laughs> talk about haircuts because none of them wear anything decent. And anyway, the male counterparts are in power. Females will take that for another day. Where do you think we're going to be at the end of the winter, Mark? And uh, well, I'm, I, to be quite honest, you're going you're going to have uh, Leo's back in again at Christmas. Yeah, I think Mihal had uh, as has been has been great. I think as well, the reason I say he's great was because I didn't think he was going to be up to much. And I think he actually excelled my um, view of, of what he was going to do. Uh, I think I think Leo is is probably going to bring it slightly down again. Really, Simon Coveney would be the better option to come back in as the next Tisha, but that's not going to actually happen. Do you know what? I think we're doing fine. I don't think we're going to get hit with uh, the same degree of stuff as 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 in the UK. I think we seem to have a little bit more of a handle on it. Um, they, they've cut out since 2016. They've cut out a lot of stuff that's coming in from the UK. We've now got these super tankers that are going from Ross Lair over to mainland uh, Europe. So there's stuff coming in, for example, you know, you talk about tulips. They used to say that tulips in the markets of Amsterdam would be on the shelves of shops in London by nine o'clock in the morning. That's no longer the case. They're they're usually in in a warehouse somewhere in London at midnight the next night. Whereas now they're basically coming into Ireland and they're on the shelves before midday. So there's a lot of stuff being cut out. Do you know what? I I, I think we're going to be fine. I, I I think the interest rates have gone up everywhere. I think that's going to hit everybody. Um, but I think when it comes down to the price of living, I don't think it's going to come up that much. I really don't. I, I can't see it spiking as much. The UK, I think, is in trouble. We, we, have, a, we have a lot of clients from the border um, 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 counties, you know, Monaghan, uh, Louth, Cavan, Donegal, obviously, uh, Sligo, places like that. Um, it is cheaper for them to come across the border and get their hair cut, get their hair done, go out for dinner. Belfast and um and 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 the northern cities are much cheaper than Dublin and Cork and stuff like that, and it's, and it's easier to get to. Um, and they, the, my my understanding from those customers is that uh, the South is weathering this much better than it did the recession, and yeah. and the shops are busy. And that and and people are out and about and they're spending money, and that is not the case in the north. Yeah. That is not the case. We've just and I think I said to you guys, I asked how business was a couple of weeks. September and October for us were tough. November, December looks good, um, but we've had to do a lot to make it look good. But um, I, I have friends all across the country, um, from the north of England right up to London and beyond the south, on the south coast, Brighton, Southampton. And they're saying things are hard, tough. Yeah. Mm. And, and I and I and I and I would say that you know, 
we will get it much more difficult than the South, but I don't think we're going to get it as difficult as the UK. Yeah. And the other side to it is, is uh, uh, and, and, and part of our problem, uh, and I would totally agree with everything you said there, Paul, but part of our problem is the media. The media mm. are, are causing more damage yeah, yeah. everywhere. You know, uh, and and it's been sending people into a frenzy. I only heard on the radio on, on Matt Cooper's show today where they're doing a survey about how much you're going to spend at Christmas and the average spend rate um, uh, is 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 halved uh, on, on what they were about to spend last Christmas. And again, they've been asked the question, why is this the case? Well, we're being told everything's going to get tight. Yeah. We're being told everything's getting tight. So the media have a lot to answer for as well. But I mean, ultimately, Mark, and it's the same. Wherever, I mean, you know, all you know. I remember the the big the recession of 2011, 2012. We were all told that. I mean, and I don't know if you remember that brutal winter, that Christmas where everything closed down. Yeah. And do you know what everybody did in January? Spent money like it was going out of fashion. Yeah. And that January after that, Christmas was a wipeout. Yeah. I remember. I remember having to ring up the Batman and saying, "We can't. We didn't get enough business. We did. We can't pay the bat because we didn't have any trade." Yeah. And that January was the busiest January we'd had in on our current premises. So people sometimes just don't pay attention to it. If people want to spend money, as you know, they will spend money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like I, I got like I know it's a couple of clients who used to come to me now go to other people in the salon, and one of them I said, "Oh, you ditch me." And she says, ah, "She's a bit cheaper than you," and I said, "That's." I'm delighted that you're at least you're staying within the salon. That <laughs> happens now. That happens now. And that happens. You know what I mean? So, but but I I would feel after the budget here, there was a little bit of a lift, as you say. The media can media will always look at the glass half empty. You know what I mean? That's that's the oh, nature of the beast. You know. But I would feel generally people <clears throat> when you talk to them are a little bit happier now. Even do you know what has even made them happier? Look at the okay. Other than the disastrous day of rain we had last week, look at the weather we have here. Which I said all along is that we keep talking about this winter is coming as if it's a game, is an episode of Game of Thrones. I said, mm -hmm. I remember when winters here where I've been in a short sleeve short on Christmas Day going, look at that, isn't it amazing? Wouldn't think it was Christmas Day. And then I've seen it where we were wrapped up with scarves and it's snow. So we don't know what's coming down the line. So why would you be preparing for the storm that might not happen? Well, I, I do think I, I was in I was in Belfast Wednesday two weeks ago. We went to see Paul Weller at the Ulster Hall and uh, um. It shocked me how busy Belfast was on a Wednesday night. Okay, you know, there's only three or four thousand people can get into the Ulster Hall, so not everybody in Belfast was there to see Paul Weller. Um, but the, you know, the city hall all around you know, the bars, the restaurants around the, the city centre were round. We couldn't get a parking space. You know, it was, you know, so uh, yeah, you wonder, you wonder, you know, how much damage the media is doing to our, to our industries, but. Um, and 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 that's scaremongering. But on the other hand, you know, people want to live, and they'll find yeah. them way to live. And, and I and I think this won't be as bad because I think everybody is fed up with the lockdown of nearly three years. Yeah, I think exactly. people are basically going. But 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 I think some of the problems with our industry is 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 not about whether we go into recession or not. I actually think what has actually happened of the three years of the lockdown. Mm. It's that people have got out of routine. People don't have routines the way they used to. The routine of getting a, a, a regular service done in the salon, a, a routine of going out regularly on a Friday night, the routine of having dinners on Saturday nights. Everybody's routines 
are kind of screwed. Even my own. I have no idea from one week to the next what I'm going to do. Whereas no. I pretty much had a, I, I pretty had a clear idea what was going to be happening over the next three to four weeks. Now I couldn't tell you what's happening next weekend. That's your age, Paul. Uh-huh. Sorry? Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's your age. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. I can give it's you some own. special coffee for that. So funny. you've been very quiet there on the whole yeah. political problem. He's, like he's doing a Joe Pan. Can, can I ask a ridiculous question, right? Now, this is a really, really ridiculous question. But would you, Paul, consider moving down south? Um, funny you should say that. Um, no, I wouldn't. Would <laughs> uh, uh, I, no, I'll tell you the thing. Um, I, what I felt a couple of weeks ago when I, when I was in Kilkenny at the IHF thing was, I really, really enjoyed the camaraderie and the community of, of, of the industry down there. I've always said, and I've said that to Greg loads of times, and, and we don't have that in the North. We never have. Um, we've never had that, you know, um, sense of community or, or, or mutual respect. And it, it, I am very envious of it. But I think I love Belfast and I, 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 I love being Northern Irish. I like, I, I'm very proud of where I come from and I, I won't turn my back on on the city because it's it's um it's of any political persuasion or or or, or of any other reason, um. But I am disillusioned to a degree with its lack of progress uh, economically, politically, and 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 probably even socially because I think it's got so much to offer, and I think I was once part of the change of that, as were a lot of other people. And it hasn't seemed to move on um, from the Good Friday Agreement. And that really saddens me. I think Belfast has a huge, has, has lots of things to offer a united Ireland. I think it could be a, 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 as equally standing city as Dublin in terms of culture and history and benefits and, and leisure and hospitality. And, 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 and it has a lot of unique qualities and I want to be part of that for as long as I live. Mm. Um, but as I get older, my fondness and my 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 um, respect and uh, admiration for the cities and the people of the Republic of Ireland, as it's mm. to people outside Ireland, is becoming greater. And um, and 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 I didn't always feel that way, particularly when I lived in Dundalk, where I felt like a complete outsider. But Dublin's always been very kind to me. And when I'm in Dublin, I feel very much like I'm treated. Um, as an equal member of the hair community and, and, and the business community. So, um, no, I don't think I'll ever move to the south of Ireland, but I'm very much looking forward to a time when Belfast and Northern Ireland are seen as equal as an equal uh, part of the island of Ireland. Well, let me and just throw, I'm going to just throw that out there then, because <clears throat> we were looking for somewhere to go for us all to sit down and have a bite to eat. Should we be going to Belfast then? I'd love to go. Yeah, you'd love to go. Yeah. Keith, would you come over from... I'd come to Belfast. I'd love to go. Yeah. I, I, I have never spent well, yeah. as well, much time Christmas. as I should have in Belfast. And I've always after, said... After Christmas, back. Greg. After Christmas. It was quite... Well, you know, whether it's decent, whatever, even February. And easy jet, easy jet from, from London is 
is like 50 or 60 bucks. You know, hey, hey. I mean, it's and a couple of flights a day. Without, without sounding like I'm the tourist, tourist guide for Belfast, the, the thing that I've always loved about Belfast, uh, Dublin's a very rock and roll city. Dublin is like, it, it, it's probably got that same sense as LA or, or, or San Francisco. Or That's maybe, only since Mark moved here. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but, Bel, but Belfast is a true punk rock city. You yeah, know, and, absolutely. And and it's it's the reason it's got that kind of underlying sense of you know pushing. For, remember, punk changed everything, or everywhere around the world. It changed it changed the way we thought about art, changed the way we thought about music, changed the way we thought about politics, changed the way we thought about each other. Um, but in Belfast, it changed the political divide beyond recognition because kids from both sides of the community came together and said. Fuck you. We don't want anything to do with your history and your flags and your emblems. And you know how that's filtered down? It's filtered down so that the, every generation that comes after has that punk ethos in their heart where they go, I'm not accepting your tricolors and your Union Jacks. I'm not accepting your peace walls. I, I'm accepting Teenage Kicks and Alternative Ulster and Ash and whatever else throw, uh, the city throws up. Well, Van, Van was the original prototype punk, but he wouldn't agree with that. But the point I'm making is, whatever the city throws up that says, this is what we really want to be about. And when you guys come to Belfast, the Belfast that I show you will be something that will be absolutely stuck in your mind for the rest of your lives, because you will realize that it's such a great pulsating heart of culture and music and, and, and an eclectic sense of what's great about life because it's youthful and it's meaningful and it's deeply rooted in we can be better than people think we are. Right. Well, then we're going to, we, we, I'm going to chat to you about Paul, Paul about a, a good date in January to do it and let's do it. And I don't yeah. want anybody wimping out once we make the date, that's it. So I tell you yeah. the half, because mine is just probably in the other room listening. I'm going to Belfast. I'll be going. There'll be no problem. I don't answer to well, anyone. You, you'll have to ask Irene. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because you know oh, yeah, the way you wear the trousers. In fact, I'll have to ask her now with a beautiful bone in general. <laughs> I missed that. What did you say? What did you say? You've always said, I, I wear the trousers in my house. Arden just tells me what trousers to wear. <laughs> <laughs> so, little did I know you were asked her who'd play it in a movie. I know, I know who she would have liked. She's probably thinking of John Travolta or somebody like that. Probably said, no, I've seen the move on the dance floor. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Just to, don't tell her I said Joe Petty. No. I never even brought that in. No, there. I know. Anthony I know. Hopkins, she'd probably think that. Fair play to Greg. That's a nice culture, man. That was a good one. That was a good one now. was good. Absolutely. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up because I have an early flight at half four to get me off to the Canary Islands tomorrow with me grandsons, five and four. Very good. Oh, Do you so know, Greg, you have more changed. holidays than Boris. I was about to say that. Himself and Boris Johnston are just like constantly on holidays. Uh, you've got the life, boy. I had them yeah. with me grandson. I could have minded him here or I could mind him in a warmer climate. At least I'm in Florida and his, ma his mother's on the other island planning our wedding. God knows how much that's going to cost me, but I'll save that. Are we all going to that, Greg? Huh? We're all going to. Are they, oh, you be all going to that? Yeah, twenty twenty four. The six hey, will be up hey, there. Greg, can I ask you a question? Ask are you, you always. Be, are you are you going to be playing the sax at it? Where 
at the wedding. Two years, I could probably get a number probably nailed down by then. I don't think I'll make it, Greg. Yeah, I'm not, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm washing my hair. <laughs> and on that note, envy is something that's something, you know what I mean, lads? Come on, come yeah. on, suck it back on there. Is that all? Have a great, Mark, have a Mark can bang a drum. Well, we, we'll see, he can. And the rest of you would love to be a rock star, but it's just not going to happen. So I'll, give Mark, I'll can, take the critique from Mark because he actually has played an instrument for until you've picked up an instrument and not the one that you, you we're all talking about. But the, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't take I won't take your opinion because uh, everybody should learn something new every day. And uh, be, be the best version of it as you can. Doesn't matter if you're never going to be Van Morrison. As long as it gives you a bit of bit of pleasure. In my eyes, when I'm playing, I'm fucking Van Morrison. I don't care what's coming out the other end. To the, to the rest of us, you're Danny Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A fucking Morrison's fucking supermarket. <laughs> okay, good night, lads. I'll see you all in a week or two. Mind yourself. Thank you for watching or listening to the Hair Dudes Conversation Podcast, episode 20. Because you've got this far, we must be doing something right. So please don't forget to like, comment, give us a five-star review, and share, share, share with all your friends, family, and other hair dudes out there. Until the next time, take care. <laughs>